Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say what? Doc G, what is happening, sir? Woo. Uh, recovering from yeah. Labor Day madness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you Did you get any, did you go crazy? Oh, yeah, we parted. Yeah? <laughs> what would you get down on, yeah. Mike? Boozy, boozy Susie. <sighs> Lots of smoke, Doxy. Lots of crappy Jeez. food. Um, Jeez. Do you really get yeah, it? it do you really get into some bad food, Mike? Um. Yeah, we got into some bad food. Uh, What'd you get down nah, on? No, really, actually. Oh, okay. Healthy <laughs> food. Okay. We had steaks. This was we all had steaks a lie. And sweet potatoes. This is oh, actually, sweet potatoes. Well, we Mike, that's a, healthy. That is healthy. Yeah, no, it's all healthy. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a letdown, Mike. Where's the Jay's chips? I know. Come it's on. really just all the it's really just all the booze and the smoke. There you go. I, I guess was bad. Well, that is that is a negative. Good. That is a negative. Yeah, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mike, I um, coming onto the show. Of course, you know. Sometimes I like to think about these holidays, and I was mm-hmm. like, uh, "What should I have done on this hol- holiday? <laughs> what, what what is there to do on a uh, Labor Day?" Hmm. So luckily, at country living they told me they had 27 (laughs) labor day activities to soak up the last moments of summer 2023 and i was like you know what i do want to soak up the last moments of summer 2023 that's right i would like to know what i should do and you know what the number one thing on their list is mike what is it Make a sporty centerpiece. Huh? Make a sporty centerpiece? That's number one on their list. Make Hmm. a sporty centerpiece. Literally had an article, 27 Labor Day activities, Mike, and the number one thing, make yourself a sporty centerpiece. That's a fact. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah I mean like I I was thinking about it after I read this real quick Mike and I was like yeah I find it hard to believe that in like two years from now if I were to do that I would look back and be like yeah man summer 2023 Word. when I made that killer centerpiece oh <laughs> god that was good stuff man that's so it was so awesome I had black eyed Susans in there that I picked from the garden Sweet. oh god it'd be so good. Even a seventy-year-old woman would be like, "That's lame. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta find a better hobby, man." Like, Wham. by the way, when I was thinking of that, Mike, I black-eyed Susan. Where the f- did that flower name come from? That's a weird name, hmm. right? Yeah, black-eyed Susan. I actually looked it up. I know where it comes from. It apparently comes from a poem written by English poet John Gray back in the hmm. 1700s. About a sad lady who is missing her sailor lover. Yeah. Very uh-huh. very important if you want to throw that down. Next time you're in a, in, a, in a garden 
with wildflowers. You're like, oh, those uh, black-eyed Susans? Yeah, love that poem from John Gray. That's a good one. Yeah, that's where that name came from. I'm sort of a genius. You can do that if you want. <laughs> you can do that. But, Mike, bottom line is I decided not to make a sporty centerpiece this Labor Day. As tempting as it was, I went with something way cooler. I spent my time looking at a map. Wait, what? Hmm, okay. Yeah? I came across a map, Mike, that shows the number one language spoken in each state behind Spanish and English. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's the most spoken language behind the obvious top two of every state? Now, I know what Mm. the listeners are thinking. Whoa! That is way better than making a sporty centerpiece. And you're right, listeners. It is. (laughs) It is excitement. And I got to be honest, Mike, curveballs. There were several curveballs on this that I did not see coming. I mean, obviously, every state's going to have English and Spanish. They're number one. But that third? Yeah. You don't know what I'm going Mandarin. That third? I'm going Mandarin. Some states. Some states. But, Mike, since it's your stomping grounds... What do you think the third highest language in Nevada is? Hmm. <laughs> I want to say, uh, yeah, this is terrible, Doc G, but I don't know. What are they? What's the Filipino language? What do they speak? Is that Mandarin? Tagalog. 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 Yeah. yeah. You got it, oh, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. There we go. <laughs> That's it. The original language of the Philippines. Yeah. That's crazy, Mike. God, nice job. Yeah. Well done. Lots of Filipinos around here, Mike. Around these parts, Mike with the with the knowledge. It's the mm. uh, fi- fifth biggest Filipino population out of all the states. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Tagalog. Yeah. Yeah. I actually even yeah. because when I saw that, Mike, I was like, I, I, I don't even know what Tagalog is. Nope. And then I had to look it up, and I found a YouTube video, a YouTube channel that teaches you Tagalog. And I was like, hmm. "All right, I'll watch the first lesson. Let's get into this." And I did. I didn't. I learned where it came from. That was my biggest takeaway. She had a little history in there, and you know, oh, okay. basically, Tagalog was the the original language in the Philippines. And then after the Spanish came in and were uh, turds, uh, they just sort of merged some Spanish into it, and that's what Filipino is. They're just like, "All right, hmm. well." Throw some Spanish words in there. There we go. And that's Filipino. So there you hmm. go. That's a little difference between Tagalog and Filipino. And, you know, some hmm. some uh, some Filipino folks now, because they want to be true to their country, are like, I'm not doing this mix. I'm doing Tagalog. That's what I'm going with, you know? So respect. Mm-hmm. Respect. All right, Mike, what do you yeah. think? What do you think Florida is? Hmm. Um, third most popular language in Florida. Um, hmm, I don't know. I'm Mandarin. I, oh, I don't know. On. I mean, I'm I'm always gonna go Mike, Mandarin. Mike, you're stuck on like, Mandarin. You're stuck. I'll yeah, go I'm ahead. I'm gonna go Mandarin. Don't know any. Well, and honestly, I know there's a high Cantonese uh, speaking population in some of the West uh, Coast states, Mike, so I don't even know if Mandarin is the highest. They didn't get down to the two particular languages of Chinese. They just said Chinese. Mm. But California is Chinese, so there you go. But not Florida. Florida? Not Florida. 
Haitian. British. Haitian. Haitian. Haitian Creole. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. There's almost 500,000 Creole speakers in Florida, Mike. Hmm. 500,000. That's wild. Yeah. And uh, that's a lot. So I got to say to all of our Haitian neighbors, bonsoir, Kijan Ouye. Mm. That's uh, hey, how's it going? And so oh. I learned that for him, Mike. Blam. And Did it, you watch a uh, YouTube video? <laughs> uh, no, this was just a web page. Just a oh, web page. Okay. Yeah. No offense to our, our French listeners, but I think I'd le- rather learn how to speak Haitian Creole than French. It seems more fun, you know? It seems more free flowing. So true. And I mean, not to say that I'm sure I wouldn't be able to speak Haitian either. It just seems like they, they would be much more open for it not to go right. They'd be like, that was completely <laughs> yeah. wrong. Ah, we'll let it, we'll let it slide. You know? Yeah, like, good point, good point. But uh, all right, here's here's a random one, Mike. Here's a random one from the sta- uh, the, the uh, um, map. Iowa. And it's not Iowa. It's, it's not Mandarin. <laughs> it's not Mandarin. Nope. Um, Iowa. French. Throw it back. There you go. Third no. highest language. Arabic. Arabic. Yeah. yeah. I got the feeling hmm. when I saw that, I was like, why do I get the feeling it's like 97% English, 2.8% Spanish, and like 0.2% Arabic. And I did some digging, Mike. I was really close. It's 0.34% Arabic. So I was almost dead on. I was like, yes, yes. (laughs) Mike, can you find a better way to spend your Labor Day than that? Nope. I don't think so. No, I don't don't think so. I don't think that's a better way. Mike, regardless, I say whatever language you're speaking in whatever state you're in, the Doc G show says dope. Mm-hmm. We we, do. we like it. We like it. And only one language, dope. Yeah, dope. <laughs> Mike, you want to fire up this show that is a beautiful waste of time in any language? Let's fire up the show, Doc G. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Whew. Mike, I do. I, I don't. I don't know how that works. Can you just like? I, I've never checked because I'm not bilingual. Can you just like? Hmm. Is it is that a thing now that you can just like find something to just change podcast into other language languages? Can that happen? Ooh. I don't think that can happen yet. Right? That's not a no. You might get some subtitles that are. Yeah, I feel. I feel like it's on its best. way though. You know what? We might yeah. have to look into it. We might want to expand our. You know, we might need to put this in Haitian Creole. Might need to be. Yeah, there you go. I'm just saying. But Mike, regardless, we have a fantastic show today. Woo. We have the one and only Austin Held from the great band Pretty Awkward. Gonna have a good old time. I can't wait to talk to him. But first, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mike, uh, you have been on a roll. Yeah. You are 60 and three-fourths out of 102. Say what? 102, Mike. Yes. Yes. You believe it? Over 50%. Yeah. I can't believe it. I never, ever thought I would be even half. I I wouldn't get half right. You're almost at 60%. You're almost at 60%. Incredible. 
Yeah. No way. It's wild. Don't think of. Wild, man. And we're 34 weeks into the into the year. Yeah. Actually, almost 35. It's crazy. It is 35. Yeah, it is. This is the 30, 35th week. It's nuts. Mm -hmm. Regardless, Mike, I think you've got this first one. Basketball player. Here we go. I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the straight deets first. All right. Basketball player played for Kentucky in college. Was drafted number one by the Wizards in 2010. Played for 10 seasons with them. Traded to the Houston Rockets. And then last year he was with the Clippers for the season. Who is it? Hmm. Point played guard. Played with the Washington... Washington Wizards, 10 seasons. He was an all-star five mm. times. Ah, is it Bradley Beal? Mm -mm. No. Um, that would be the, the University of Florida was Bradley Beal. Mm. Who was the other um, all-star that the Wizards had? John Wall. John Wall is yeah. correct. Nice, Mike. I don't... Uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna scratch. We're gonna say that uh, that uh, Bradley Bill was a fault. We're not gonna count that. We're gonna mm. count the John Wall <laughs> okay, as no, the correct and answer. This is how I have <laughs> over fifty percent. You know what? Sometimes you gotta be gracious with the grading, Mike. It's gotta happen. I appreciate happen. that, Doctor. I really, I really yeah. am appreciative. He's he's thirty three, turning the big three three. Uh, I don't know. If yeah. he's, I don't know if he's going to have a team, Mike. Uh, he was so he was traded from the Clippers to the Rockets, and when he was traded to the Rockets, they re immediately released him. You know, for like cap space, and uh, no other teams picked him up for this season. So I don't know. John Wall could be done, which is crazy to think. He sort of yeah, you know, surprising. I mean, he had number one overall. He was the number one draft overall. Uh, he was five-time All-Star. Uh, he also, I completely forgot this, won the slam dunk contest in 2014. Word. Mm. Completely do not remember that at all. Uh, which is sort of uh, understandable because that was right before the Aaron Gordon uh, and uh, um, what's his name? All, all the... Mm. Zach Levine, Zach, Zach Levine, Levine. It, Zach Levine, it. Aaron Gordon. Those guys went back and forth, and they yeah. won it in 2015. Zach Levine won it in 2015, mm -hmm. and then won it again in 2016 or 17. That was when they had the rematch between him and Aaron Gordon, and everybody thought, I thought 100% when we did our top three best dunks of the slam dunk competition, I had Aaron Gordon's where he went underneath his legs and mm -hmm. over the over the mascot over stuff. Uh, he should have won that one. He got robbed from Zach Levine. But I'm gonna guess those slam dunk contests were way better than uh, than John Walls. No offense to John. I know it's his birthday, <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why everybody remembers those two uh, as far yeah. as 2015 and 16. Regardless, 33 years old. Uh, I. You think he's going to be an all uh, or a, a Hall of Famer? I don't know. It's tough. I, don't I mean, know. five time All Star, uh, All Rookie Team. Eh. Nope. Yeah, he doesn't have any championships. It's going to be tough. Regardless, fantastic season, amazing, uh, amazing uh, career, uh, John Wall. Happy birthday, John Wall. Happy birthday, Mike. 
You ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. What do we got? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, we're going to switch sports here at the beginning. Okay. We need to start by talking about some soccer. Some soccer. Yeah. Some football. Lionel Messi. Oh, yeah. My gosh. That dude, right? Miami. Right? He has been dominating this MLS thing. They have not lost a game since he started, Mike. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really? Really? I was thinking about this. Him coming to the MLS is like, I would say, I, I was saying, I wanted to use the, the comparison of uh, of LeBron. Mm-hmm. But I feel like LeBron's a little bit more advanced in age than uh, Messi. I mean, Messi's still older. He's definitely yeah. on the the downside of his career, but he's mm-hmm. still got a little bit more juice, I think, than LeBron. Uh, mm-hmm. But but regardless, it's like somebody like that or like Giannis Antetokounmpo going to play in like the Taiwan Professional Basketball League. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Giannis would just score like a hundred and thirty points a game every game, be like, oh, pretty good game, I guess. Triple digits again. I don't know. It's all right. Yeah, like. That's that's exactly what Messi is doing here with Inter Miami. It's insane, man. Mm-hmm. It is insane. Before Messi joined the team, they were five and seventeen. Five and seventeen. Mm. Since he's joined the team, they haven't lost. They've won eleven games in a row. <laughs> he has eleven <laughs> goals and eight assists in eleven games. It's yeah, insane. he's a and pro. he doesn't even. He doesn't even look like he's trying, Mike. I've watched all like the highlights, and it just looks like he's sort of just like, you know, doesn't even look like he's breathing hard after a while there. And just like, oh, I guess I'll score now. Oh, there we go. All right, yeah, it was pretty fun. All right, nice. Like, this past weekend, they played LA's team, Mike. Mm-hmm. The uh, average resale of a ticket price for the game, $894. Wow, so he's driving up the ticket prices too. A ton. I'm wow, pretty sure you could yeah. have bought an MLS team for that last season. <laughs> I could have been an yeah. owner of that team for eight hundred ninety-four dollars. Like it's crazy, crazy. It's a, a few more years, soccer will be uh, soccer will be on top. Messi's Nuts, Mike. It. Yeah. This, this was, uh, and you know, like I said, this is LA, so it brought the it brought the stars out, Mike. Mm-hmm. Ed Norton was there. Baseball players Mookie Betts, Clayton Kershaw from uh, the Dodgers were there. Caleb Williams, the Heisman winner, was there. Selena Gomez, Instagram mm. queen herself, was there. The coach, Ted Lasso, Mr. Jason Sudeikis, mm. was there. Prince Harry. Okay. Prince Harry, the biggest of all. Leonardo DiCaprio was there. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was in, you know, camouflage. He had his glasses on, <laughs> yeah. his hat. He was he was keeping it very low key there. But it's crazy, Mike. It's crazy. Yeah. My, the uh the championship will happen in December. And I'm going to say, Mike, I'm going out there. I'm saying he's going to it's going it's going to be in Miami. It's going to be messy. They're going to be holding it up. 
That's how. That's how good. Miami and uh, what do you think? Like the Seattle team. They always I have, have no like, idea. Yeah, I, mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm always yeah, guessing. Yeah, I real. Yeah. I feel like the uh, Seattle team was always like before Messi. They were like yeah. the top, the top yeah. uh, team. Well, let's no do idea, it. Let's though. say it right now. Seattle, Miami yeah. championship. Let's go. We're probably completely wrong. They're probably yeah. like last in the division right now. Who yeah. Knows? Right. But the goalie for LA's team after the game said Inter Miami is the best team by far that he's faced in MLS. Mm. I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's too much of a surprise. You did add the world's greatest soccer player ever to that team, so mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, and he's adding juice to everybody else around him, and it is wild. I mean, like, and not to take away, they did add they did add a defensive player along a world class defensive player along with Messi when he came in, but like, still, like two dudes, and you go from one of the worst teams in the in the whole league to one of the best, if not the mm-hmm. best. That's pretty amazing, Mike. Uh, have you ever heard of hot betting? Hot betting? No. I've heard of the uh, eight sleep, that uh, cold mattress cover, though. Uh, well, this is not that. This is, not I, that. I, Opposite. I have a feeling that this sounds like a mixture between like a Dutch oven and hot boxing, and I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want a part of that. But uh, no. it's Ew. here's what it is, Mike. It's it's a bad idea. Apparently, okay. it's where folks sell just half of their bed for money. It's like mm. it's so it's it's like having a roommate except worse. Oh gosh! Yeah, it's it's like having a bedmate without mm. any of the fun stuff that goes on in a bed. Just all the negative stuff. Blame. Like that's horrible. This yeah. This story popped up in several news outlets uh, from an Australian here, Monique Jeremiah, who during the pandemic, she was low on uh, money and noticed that her ex-boyfriend was looking for a new place to live and asked if he wanted to live with her as a plutonic roommate of sorts and pay for that half of the bed. And he was like, sure, which... I don't know what kind of relationship they had, Mike, but if I was that dude, I'd be like, uh, I'm pretty sure the county prison still has some available beds, too. I got a couple places <laughs> I'm thinking about. We'll see. I'll let you know. There's no way I'm doing that, Mike. Nope. That's, good Lord. I'd have to take a long, hard look at being homeless before that popped up as an option. <laughs> like, jeez. And you know how many ground rules I'd have to have on this agreement before it happened? Mm. Like I'd be like, all right, number one, no consuming garlic or onions at any point in time. I want you sweating <laughs> out that when we're asleep, all right? I don't need to smell that at any point in time. Second of all, you can't have over five grams of fiber a day. I'm not getting in a farting match every night, all right? That is not <laughs> happening. Like, just it's too many rules, Mike. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. Too, you got to be in a full-on relationship. If you're going to accept all of that stuff, that's got to actually be a yeah a commitment. Sure, sure. That is, yeah. no, I'm not doing that for money. No way. Uh-uh. Mm. Gross. Yeah. Mike. I totally agree. Mike, interesting headline from the uh, New York Post. Quote, Elon Musk blames elite L.A. school for brainwashing communist trans daughter into hating him 
for being rich. Word. That's the headline. What? Wait, yeah. so they brainwashed who he's, to hate him for being rich? He's claiming, the, the headline, he's claiming that the school his daughter goes to brainwashed her into hating him for being rich. Oh, okay. And I got to say, no. Hmm. No, Elon, it wasn't the school. She's like all the rest of us. She hates you because of your personality, not the money. <laughs> it's your personality that they hate. Yeah, just to Elon. let you know. Not, not the school, not the money. Mike, viral TikTok. Viral TikTok. This has been making its rounds. Millions of uh, views here from Ugg Madison. That's her handle, at Ugg Madison. Word. Uh, she decided to video herself going to Golden Corral and staying there for over 12 hours for three different meals. Hmm. Genius. Well, apparently the, the rule is, Mike, you only have to pay one time and you can eat and drink as long as you want. Hmm. So she thought she'd test that. And she went for 12 hours and had three meals. In between lunch and dinner, dinner, the manager came up to her, and she was sure he was going to ask her to leave. But he just asked her if she could switch tables and then encouraged her to enjoy her buffet meal. Sweet. Mm. Yeah, mate. She ended up spending 12 hours and $12 in Golden Corral. And I got to be honest, the amount of food that she ate in that 12 hours was pretty sickening. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty good amount What'd of food. What'd she get, Doc G? Oh, there that were all the, kinds of... There was a cake. She almost ate a whole cake by herself mm. for one of those meals. It was uh. pretty gross. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to have to say, Mike, you could actually offer to pay me $12 an hour, and I still wouldn't do that. That food mm. is sick. I'm not going to Golden yeah, Corral. Like, come on, yeah. are you kidding me? I'm pretty sure she took 12 years off of her life for doing that. Like... Oh, thank you. <laughs> Doc G, I remember when I used to go to Golden Corral. That was when you could still smoke inside of the place. Mm. <laughs> so we, we would have our That's food. real good <laughs> right there. And they would say, you know, we the my parents would sit in the non-smoking section. Which really makes place. a difference. <laughs> yeah. Really makes a difference in a buffet where everybody's getting up and walking into the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> Whoa, what do we got here? I'm just going to blow the smoke uh, on all the uh, chicken cutlets here. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Gross. Yes! Gross. Uh, Mike, uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, how much time? Okay, I had to check the time there. Mike, a little weird one out of Boston. Two people were arrested over the weekend for running an illegal gambling ring centered around... <laughs> <laughs> backyard volleyball matches. Okay, all right. So there was a house party. They were playing volleyball and they were betting on it. <laughs> but and it turned, but like it's been a year's stakeout on this thing. Like that happened once, and then apparently the people that did it were like, you know what? This is awesome. We're gonna keep doing this all yeah. the time. The uh, Milford police chief said it's uh, it's gone from something wholesome. Doc to G, it's the uh, Milford Milford police. Milford, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sorry. down southy. Uh, I I don't want to punish the people with my Boston accent. Um, 
People, my accent's bad enough. So true. People are profiting to the point, in my estimation, in excess of almost a million dollars a year. One million dollars, Mike, for backyard volleyball matches. I stand corrected. I thought it was going to be like a thousand (laughs) dollars. Did they did they sign Messi for volleyball? What the (laughs) like? That's crazy. It's nuts. I got to be honest, Mike. I'd be a little confused if a friend of mine was like, hey, you want to come out tonight? I'd be like, what are you doing? Uh, there's some great volleyball games going down down the block. I'm thinking I'm going to put down a couple thousand dollars on a game. What are you thinking? What? <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. I don't think not tonight. Like, that's crazy. Crazy. Uh, Mike, interesting development in Chicago. One of our favorites. One of oh, our yeah. favorites. Jay's oh, yeah. Chips. Jay's Chips. Shout them mm-hmm. out, Mike. Shout Lo- out. Loyola Beach. Loyola Beach on Lake Michigan. Because obviously there's not an ocean there. That's uh, mm-hmm. their ocean. Uh, Loyola Beach on Lake Michigan now has a nude beach area. Sweet. Yes. Yeah. Now, the main problem with this nude beach area, Mike, is that... Uh, it's not um, sanctioned by the actual government. Somebody okay. somebody randomly put the sign up on the beach, and it's not actually from Chicago Parks. Okay. But the interesting thing is the sign looks exactly like a Chicago mm-hmm. Park sign. Like, it okay. would have fooled me. If I would have been there, I would have been like, oh, better get naked. It's telling me to. <laughs> the sign's giving, giving me the okay. I mean, it's got the Chicago seal on the top. Uh-huh. It, it looks like a local state sign. It's on a nice, you know, metal pole, like like a normal sign, like everything. Uh-huh. And apparently back in 1932, George A. Williston introduced a resolution in the Chicago City Council to create a nude sunbathing beach in the exact location that the sign is positioned. Say what? Wow. Yeah. So, so wow. some some weirdo <laughs> did research on the city. Like, I want to know who made this sign. Like, who put this? Is it the great-grandson of George A. Williston? Like, my great-grandfather had a dream. And that dream was to get naked on Loyola Beach. And by God, I'm going to make that dream a reality. It's going to happen. We're going to get naked there. Like, just, <laughs> it's wild, Mike. Like, Oh, gosh. I, I, Everybody's I, naked, but they have, like, guns strapped to them. Like, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. I don't know. I've been, the place makes me nervous. Nope. Not me, man. We've got, we've got lovers in Chicago. And we yeah. love Chicago. That's right. Before before the city removes the sign, Chicago listeners, you got to make George Willison's dream a reality. You got to mm-hmm. get down there to Lo- 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 Loyola Beach. Loyola. Loyola Beach and get naked. Get your Jays chips and mm-hmm. get naked. Yeah. Go out to that beach, whip your stuff out, get a <laughs> J chip, and that's what Chicago is all about. That is it, Mike. That is it. Mm-hmm. We are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest, Pretty Awkward, which would be me on that Chicago beach with my <laughs> Jay's chips. We're going to hear their fantastic song, Higher, right here on the Doc G Show.
Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever they get their podcasts. It is a cost-effective way to support the show and... Listeners, if you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a five-star review and, and a comment. We love comments. Listeners, I'll throw something in there. You know, 
Uh, there's so many ways to listen to podcasts these days. That's a fact. If there's mm-hmm. a if there's a place that you would prefer to listen to that you're having to go through weird back alleys and and mm-hmm. untrusted sites to get to our uh, show, and you'd rather not do that, let us know where you want to hear it. That we don't have yeah. it, and I will mm-hmm. put it there for you, listeners. That is my promise to you. If you let me know that, I'll find it. I'll find it. Regardless, Mike, we need to thank uh, the regulars. So let's do that. Here we go. These are the uh, five-star listeners, everybody. Of course. The regulars. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Bordeaux, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Tom's River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton, Virginia. Nice job. Thank you. Little trip, one trip, we got over it, though. Not too mm-hmm, bad, mm-hmm. not too bad. Shout out to Jay's Chips. They're doing it. They're still there. Yep. Love it. Got all the regulars, and we appreciate all of them. Mike. We do. Let's do a couple of semi-regs here. A couple of four-star listeners. Shout out. First off, right to the south of us. Shout out to St. Augustine, Florida. The original, original city of america first mm-hmm. city yeah. in america shout out to you guys mm-hmm. uh shout out to houston texas uh shout out to prince frederick maryland shout out to sao paulo brazil shout out to philadelphia pennsylvania shout out to charlotte north carolina queen a city shout out to franklin tennessee shout out to mountain view california shout out to toronto canada Shout out to Mullinger, Ireland. Oh. Shout out to Roanoke, Virginia, Star City, back in the lineup. Thanks, guys. Yes! Shout out to San Antonio, Texas. Shout out to Virginia Beach, Virginia. Mike uh, Mullinger, uh, Ireland, interested me. And I got to say, I looked it up. They are having one insane heat wave in Mullinger right now. It Ooh, is really? 75 degrees. Oh, my gosh. And partially sunny today. Oof. Good Lord. It is like <laughs> it is like the Bahamas there, man. That is crazy. 75 and partially sunny? Get out of town. It must be roasting yeah. up there. Anyways, shout out to... <laughs> like they don't have shirts. Yeah. They just... What am I supposed to wear out here? Shh. Shout out to those guys roasting up there. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Um, Mike, real quick story. This was just an interesting one there. Patrick Beverly, uh, the the basketball player. He's got himself mm-hmm, a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. on his podcast, he had uh, Mark Cuban, the owner of the oh, Dallas okay. Mavericks, uh, on yeah. the show. And uh, they threw some ideas around about trading players and whatnot. And uh, Mark Cuban said, quote, I've traded guys that smoke too much. Hmm. Teams have their own culture, right? If you get some young dudes on there who are just figuring out what the team or NBA culture is, and you've got one dude that you walk down the hall in the hotel, and you know that he's been on the floor, there's no doubt about it. 
And then, all of a sudden, these other kids start picking up on it. You see them coming out of their room. You see them a little bit red-eyed and coming to practice all of a sudden. You don't want them going down that road. That's what he said, Mike. Mm. Trading players for, for smoking too much. Mm. So there you have got it, it, listeners. Got it, got it, got it. If, if you want to be like Dallas Mavericks and win one championship in the past 43 years, <laughs> that's how you do uh, it. They're nailing it, Mike. Nailing it. Mark Cuban. Come on. Come on, man. Who, who cares? Who cares, Mark Cuban? Get out of town. Regardless, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Austin Held from Pretty Awkward right here on the Doc G Show. You need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very excited to have the lead singer of Pretty Awkward, band coming straight out of Seattle. Just released their single, Woozy, about a month ago, and we're getting ready to release the album, Get Weird, on September 1st. Mr. Austin Held. Austin, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. So I want to just jump back in the in the Wayback Machine there. Take the listeners back. You and Nick, uh, you are originally from uh, Seattle. Seattle natives there. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah. Now, I hear Blink-182. It was the first thing that got you on guitar. That was the first thing you learned on guitar, at least. Was, was guitar- Yeah, dude. I, I, like, learned as much of Enema the State and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. <laughs> And then I went back, like, those were the first two records that I was, like, introduced to Blink-182 with. And then I went back to Damn It, or Dude Ranch. Now, was and that then, like, was yeah, that who was got you on the guitar? Was Blink-182? Yeah, like, I uh, started playing bass first. Mm-hmm. Um, I Well, truth be told, I started with, like, saxophone mm-hmm. in fifth grade. Nice. After, like, choir and, like, record, recorder or whatever. Oh, so yeah. Like, hand hand, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... I did saxophone, then I did some snare drums. So I had rhythm. I just didn't stick with the thing. Like I did it for three months, and I was like, "I'm not good. This sucks." <laughs> and then so, like, I uh, I just got really into poetry and stuff like that. And at the same time, I was listening to a lot of like Blink One Eight, a lot of pop music in uh-huh. general. Like back when I was like in middle school, high school. And then um, I was uh, actually going to like church at the time. I was going to like youth group, uh-huh. and. Um, they had people like playing guitar and stuff and I wanted to learn how to play guitar. So one of the guys actually taught me three chords. I borrowed a guitar from a friend who had a band and uh, taught me three chords. I pretty much just played with those three chords. Didn't really 
focus on learning anything else until I saw bass and I was like, oh, that's got four strings and you play one at a time, that I can do. So like, <laughs> I started playing that, um, I think I bought my first bass in like freshman year of high school. Mm. And like my school is like an alternative school so you could kind of like pick your own classes and choose when you want to show up and stuff. So I had a contract with my homeroom teacher that I would complete 90 hours of guitar and basically I just, just said that I played yeah. guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and then had them sign off on it and I got credit. Um, but so, yeah. And then, I mean, learning how to, because I've always been into like poetry. Mm-hmm. I've always been into like songs. Mm-hmm. Like um, a buddy that I grew up with, like had, uh, I don't know if you remember from back in the day, like we're talking like 2000, like Acid Pro. Oh, yeah. The, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the Daw way back in the day. We would like make little crappy hip hop beats and stuff like that and uh, do verses and hooks and stuff so we like were a little bit into like songwriting stuff and yeah. i just really liked the process yeah and uh so bass was like a cool way to kind of figure out like what are chord progressions yeah what are what's the structure of the song what's the the simplest i mean really the simplest element to the, right to the song and blink 182 i mean it's just lullabies for adults yeah awesome. yeah so um yeah, once I learned a lot of those songs, I went and moved into like the used and Ataris and Underoath and kind of went into that. But so, so even even back then, you were more song production oriented than you were musician oriented. Absolutely, dude. Like the songs, because like the first, I mean, the first tapes that I bought mm-hmm. were uh, Coolio Gangster's Paradise, just nice. a single. Right, because yeah. I didn't know that you would you could just buy a single. I thought it was buying a record when I bought it. The little and, singles, uh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I was like eight years old, mm-hmm. uh, so I bought that and I bought TLC Waterfalls mm-hmm. and it had the instrumental on the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like to me, audio production mm-hmm. like has always been kind of a huge thing. Like I didn't get into the Beatles until I was much older. Yeah, my sister was way into the Beatles. Like my parents would play them every day, but I'm like, eh, it sounds like poop. <laughs> but now understanding sound and the evolution of audio, like you're like, oh, that's amazing, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, you're like, oh, okay. Um, but so yeah, it's been it's been about like for me production and uh, song structure and songwriting. That's really been kind of the thing that fascinates me with music. So so um, so getting into music, it was like as far as the the artists that you liked, it was a lot of that that late 90s punk that was the stuff that really interested you to start oh yeah i mean green day afi nirvana no doubt mm-hmm. uh, taking back sunday we can go even into the 2000s if you want yeah. like taking back sunday since it's fail my chem all of them yeah you know like yeah that was that was my little booklet of cds that i had that i just pop in and i'd listen to like maybe like 20 records at a time and just circulate them through my brain and like think about like what is he saying? What are they doing? What does it mean? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah Breaking really it down. Funny. My mom kind of, yeah, my mom kind of grew me up on uh, listening to lyrics. Mm. So when it was like Goo Goo Dolls or Stroke Nine or Six Cents on the Richer or whoever else, like uh, Garbage, mm. like listening to the lyrics um, was kind of a big deal. Whereas my dad's been always like a groove guy. Like yeah. He was into disco. Yeah. And, like, all that fun stuff. So. You got a little bit really of both from him. The, yeah, kind of interesting to see where the influences come from after. It's always I I always find that amazing talking to 
just just anyone that listens to music, which is pretty much anyone, I always find those people that say, no, I don't listen to music. I'm like, what? What do you do in the car? What do you do in <laughs> li- like, what do you do in life when you don't have, like you just said, I mean, like you just sat there in silence and like, like it just seems so <laughs> weird to me. But anyways, like talking to the people that, you know, as far as what they get out of music and hearing those people mm-hmm. that, that's what they 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 almost don't even hear a melody. It's just they hear the lyrics, and that's what they right. instantly attach on. I'm like, you're not listening to the great sound on the back, you know. The you're not listening to the groove, the back beat. They're like, oh, I didn't Dude, even yeah. notice that. And then and then it's the, so interesting. Yeah. yeah, what everybody kind of picks up from like just the song or whatever. You know? Yeah. Like, and then then other people, yeah. it's the exact opposite. They hear nothing of the lyrics, and I I have to say that's I'm always. The per- and I, I think I think this is more than normal, and I could be wrong, but I think it is like most people hear that melody first, that whatever it is, the the catchy part, it brings them in, and then if it really means something to you, you really like it, you start analyzing those lyrics, and if you really connect with it, then it means even more after that. They go, oh my god, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. That's exactly what I, you know, I, I feel that way too, like... But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's weird how some people like I, I am always amazed, especially at just the lyricists, the straight lyricists that don't like they they don't really hear anything else in the song. I'm like, how do you just mute that out and just focus and you're on just focusing on what they're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely, dude. Even like just paying attention to just guitar, you know, like you mentioned, the thing that hooks them in, you know, mm-hmm. like it's different for everyone. So it's interesting to. Um, like compose a piece and go, all right, well, here's this melody, here's this melody, here's this melody. Now here's the lyrics and their melody. Yeah. And people are kind of like listening to the whole, but then really hear, oh, I really like that guitar. Mm-hmm. I really like what the drums are doing. Yeah. It's not even necessarily always the vocals. You know, like I've had friends argue at me and I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> it's always about the beat. <laughs> I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, like it can be. Well, it's like, and I think some seeing it from all angles, but like analyzing that singular thing and narrowing in on that. I think sometimes when people say that, like at least at least your general public folks, I think they they are meaning like melody. They just don't know how to phrase it. When they say beat, they just right. mean everything because they're usually referring. You know, they're talking about hip hop, and they're usually referring to everything behind yeah. the person's lyrics. They're talking about yep. the melody. They're talking about the talking about the production. Yeah, the, the quality over it. Yeah, yeah. I have to also like remind myself that most of the time when I hear that, I'm like not talking to music. Yeah, <laughs> people that listen, which is great. But yeah, like as a music brain, my brain goes. What? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, I I think a lot my own of cognitive dissonance when people think about Seattle. Uh, you know, of course they go to they go to grunge. They go to depressing. Right. Grunge. They go to they go to rain. It's sad and gray and gloomy here. Don't pay attention to the bright sun. <laughs> Don't move here. There's no more jobs. They're all taken. They're all done. They they they. You know you you think Nirvana. You think Pearl Jam. You think Soundgarden. You think Mud Honey. You think Alice in Chains. But like I listen to your music. I listen to Pretty Awkward, and that's there. There hasn't been at least a lot of infiltration of that into the music, but. Did, did were you influenced by those bands uh, growing oh, up? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Nicholas and I had um, both uh, some bands back in the day. 
that were more punk driven, hardcore driven, mm -hmm. rock driven mm -hmm. uh, type of stuff. And when our last project ended, we, I mean, we were on a beach in, uh, where were we? I think it was like Hermosa Beach or something like mm -hmm. that. And we kind of had this conscious decision of like, what if we did this other sound? You know, like, what if we took what we listened to all the time rather than kind of narrowing it down to, okay, it's just going to be rock or it's just going to be punk or it's just going to be, you know, and using the same sounds over and over. Like, what if we used different drums every time? What if we did different melodies? What if we did, you know, just different influences and stuff like that? And that's kind of what this uh, experiment has turned out to be. Nice. It's really fun. But yeah, like, there's definitely, you know, it, we've, been more in the mindset of like what's best for the song mm -hmm. and so also while also like allowing just whatever to come out mm -hmm. you know like if it's influenced by nirvana cool let's go with it you know if it's influenced by i'm like thinking of names and then like i'm combining names in my head <laughs> but uh let's go <laughs> like, with merle haggard led zeppelin yeah okay merle haggard <laughs> we could do that <laughs> i was gonna say like bob dylan you yeah. know what i mean like like willie nelson if mm -hmm. it's anything like that like let's do that let's follow that thing mm -hmm. um and and just do it so yeah there's i mean there's definitely a very heavy presence of like metal and edm and stuff like that in seattle and definitely like your rock bands and mm -hmm. your grunge bands and stuff um but for us it's kind of like that's a world that we've already kind of visited yeah and as much as we enjoyed that like we kind of like want to explore other things as artists for sure and just kind of open up more so there's definitely songs i think there's like one or two songs that aren't uh, released yet that are coming out on the Get Weird record that mm -hmm. have that kind of heavier rock element mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. similar to like Dangerous Love that we've we've already released yeah so okay. it's it's there but it's, it's it's just more of like it's cool for this song and this song and then we're gonna do this for this song and this mm -hmm. song and kind of have this variety of, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. music so. well, uh, before I go to the the creation of Pretty Awkward there um I do, I do want to say, sort of just like you were mentioning, as far as the uh, uh, view outside, it's funny. I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on the show, but for some reason, whenever I've been to Seattle, it's been like the nicest weather. And like, <laughs> I always feel like I have a skewed version because people, people will like bring up Seattle and like, ah, oh, God, it rained the whole time. I'm like, really? It's amazing every time I go, and it's like because it's, it's been smoking mirrors, man. <laughs> it's been 80s and sunny every time I've gone, and it's just like I'm like walking around the city, like ah, oh, this is amazing. This is great, and you know I'm used to Florida with just a uh, just a giant pile of humidity when it's uh, 98, and so like all of a sudden I'd go out there and it'd be clear and nice, and I'd just be like, oh man, am I get? And people are like, yeah, that doesn't happen. When, and I was like, okay, all right, well, it's a, so I'm waiting for the time that I have to go to Seattle, like in like January, and it's you yeah, know. January, February, like October to uh, March. You'll really get the the beautiful gloom. Yeah, <laughs> you'll yeah. we'll see. See, but, yeah, dude. When I I first went to Jacksonville, and it like rained for an hour, and it was massive, and I was like. This is crazy. And then it stopped. It cleared up. It was beautiful for like two hours and it rained again. I was like, all right, this place is getting way more rain than Seattle. Like, why are we calling Seattle the rainy city? We, we, <laughs> we, love, our, we love our short 
downpours, our monsoons. Oh, yeah. That's what we... Dude, we, I love swimming in it, running in it. Yeah. Awesome. We we go for it. But, uh, so let, let, let's go on uh, to creating Pretty Awkward there. Um, how, how many bands, like you mentioned, as far as playing with Nicholas before Pretty Awkward... Uh, and I know Pretty Awkward was was Golden Wolf before that as far as having to change the name. How many right. how many bands were you guys in? How When did you meet up with Nicholas? Uh, we've known each other, like, because we grew up in the same neighborhood. So we had, like, friends and stuff like that that were friends with each mm-hmm. other. So we grew up kind of around each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the first, like, band band that I was in was probably like my junior senior year of high school and I actually replaced him as bass player mm. uh, he went to go play bass for the band Aiden mm. and then um, he did that and then I did that band and then I didn't do that band after I think like a year and a half or something like that and kind of like buried myself in a studio mm-hmm. and kind of learned all the audio stuff um, or as much as I could it wasn't really, <laughs> wasn't really getting it but you know so, but like, and then uh, I started my old band called Girl on Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, when Aiden was done, or Nick was done doing Aiden, uh, he started another project with some friends called Me Versus Myself. Um, Girl on Fire, Me Versus Myself toured together, and we just did a bunch of stuff together. And once mm-hmm. Me Versus Myself wasn't uh, active any longer, um, Nick was doing... Uh, some villain stuff for like a year and then uh, had him come play guitar and Girl on Fire. So mm-hmm. he toured with us in 2013. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, 2015 was when, you know, everybody was kind of like, ah, kind of over it. You know, drummer got, had a kid mm-hmm. and um, our guitarist was planning a trip to East Asia to go walk around for like who knows how long. And, uh, yeah, so we just kind of disbanded that thing, and me and him just continued to write. Yeah. And, yeah, became Golden Wolf for probably, like, two years until we signed with the, the label, and then the lawyers were like, oh, there's too many people using the name Golden Wolf. <laughs> so we spent the better part of, like, eight months coming up with another band name <laughs> and uh, landed on Pretty Awkward. Uh our trip to well trip to LA and then driving back up and yeah nice nice well I, I heard uh, when you guys first started like you sort of just described there it was really writing first so you're writing a whole bunch of yeah. songs now I mean was that just it sounds like that was sort of organic as far as it wasn't like a game plan of all right we're just gonna write and then we've got this, this, and this. Was it just more you were just so interested in seeing where it went as far as those those songs that you didn't really think like, oh, let's get some other band members and let's try to get this thing out on the road? Yeah, it was uh, more of, I mean, at first when we really hunkered down, like we did the touring with Girl on Fire in 2013 and towards the end of it, I think we just started sitting around with like an acoustic and just jamming mm-hmm. And then I would just come up with like some silly verses or melodies or whatever, and be like, "Oh, okay, we let's let's put that together as a song or something like that." Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, a lot of those, geez, maybe uh, first two years, I would say, like 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. you know, year and a half or whatever, it was really like just writing for the mm-hmm. f- of it mm-hmm. and like 
not like definitely like that like not not any plan to tour on the stuff or not any plan to like release the stuff really if anything just writing to throw away stuff to kind of get rid of that um that attachment yeah i mean like i just as as somebody like you create a painting you're like oh that, that, that's good you know like, yeah i'm gonna put that out everywhere but it, it could be better in eight months yeah better in a year it could be, you, know, you just develop better skills or doing it and doing it and right doing it so that's kind of how i looked at it and i did my best to like detach from the song in like a i'm emotionally invested mm -hmm. in this i want to show the world this so that was kind of a relief and it also i feel like it did a bunch of things at the same time but one of those things was like analyzing what do i like when i'm writing a song mm -hmm. What do I like to say? What do I like to sound like? What do I like the tone to be? What do I like the guitar to do, the bass to do, the drums to do? Like, what does Austin like? Mm -hmm. in that? And I think that was a huge uh, bonus and benefit to that. And yeah. it's, so we we basically, and it was funny too, because we, we did all this writing. Girl on Fire played its last show. We got a room uh, at the Rainier Brewery in Seattle, which is like this big, old, you know, beer company brewery mm -hmm. that's like a, just a concrete box inside of a concrete box inside of a concrete box. So you, you're good to make noise. And um, I think it was maybe like three or four weeks into being in that place. Mm -hmm. Like I understood like something clicked and I was, we were writing this song that we have yet to release or revisit yet, but I would really like to. Um, and something just clicked when it was just melody and lyric and it all made sense. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is, this is the personality or this is a personality that I should say that I really, really enjoy and I want to explore more. So how do I do more of that? Mm. And then kind of just figuring out, oh, well, each song has its own character. Mm -hmm. It's its own, you know, um, you could say it's me and my emotional state in different yeah. sliced up pieces you know, in a linear fashion, mm -hmm. um, which is really kind of kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it, it was just really very educational time. <laughs> so 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 when you did that there was no like there was no like oh we got to come up with 10 songs there were we got to come up with 20 it was just like just writing let's just write yeah yeah let's just do it like let's just have fun and in that process we got to play with some awesome musicians and kind of like you know i would i would approach some of them and be like hey i just want to record you playing to this and then i'll probably just chop up whatever you're doing and just make it something else mm -hmm. I was like, all right cool so i was able to do that with um you know our guitarist friend and our saxophonist friend and it was just like really cool but it's like taking samples yeah but or, you know organic samples mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. and so a well, lot I, of experimentation a lot of fun you you've already you've already mentioned it uh and you, i mean it's part of the premise of sort of the group as far as pretty awkward uh, but you and Nick made promises sort of to each other that you were going to write whatever, whatever sort of the, the way that you wanted to write. Just if, if you had a, a song idea, you're going to go down that lane. Um, and uh, have you ever had a song so far working together that like, really tested the boundary that you were like all right it's pretty weird like 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 a bluegrass reggae song that you were like okay this is gonna <laughs> i don't know if this is gonna match i think it's uh it's actually kind of boring and kind of like easy because we're so like all right what do we got you know what i mean does it vibe and yeah like, a lot of the times there'll be like 
you know, we create the music first. Yeah. And then it's the lyrics get mm-hmm. addressed or the, the verses. So it's like a lot of it will be like he'll come up with uh, whatever, like a beat or, or a, a, comp- we'll say a composition of music. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it'll be basically structured out, mm-hmm. like roughly structured out. And then I'll go through and my, my task is to match lyrics and melody, mm-hmm. melody and lyrics to it mm-hmm. and make it work and if i gotta move some stuff around i can move some stuff around but uh i think the the weirdest and eeriest one mm-hmm. that we've done is um probably the title track to the upcoming record mm. get weird which nice. is big kind of fun so it, it reminded me of getting trippy and getting nice weird nice so <laughs> that's kind of where it all went to yeah well so the first song you guys uh put out dangerous love that was the first pretty awkward there and then higher uh, Higher has been your most popular streaming song, at least uh, you know Spotify wise. Uh, and then, uh, and then after Higher, the pandemic hits, and mm-hmm. I, and I was sort of wondering, you know, just in the trajectory of what you had going as far as uh, as far as a pretty awkward, and now that you've got some time past it. Uh, do you look back and say, ah, the pandemic might have killed some of our momentum as far as a band? Or did Oh, it- absolutely. It killed all of our friends' momentum. <laughs> Everybody was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but that, we, like, I mean, at the time, too, we weren't as, like, social media savvy. Like, right. Kind of adamant about, like, screw that stuff. It's just so boring and annoying. Yeah. And, you know, but it definitely is beneficial. It's definitely a helpful tool. And we've even seen in most recent months that it's been more helpful so kind of learned that like ah maybe we should have done that then but at the same time we were also focused on like well what's our next step what can we do we can't really play live you know it's kind of navigating the whole situation it's it's an annoying thing for for artists Well, that and we had we had a guy living in california at the time so flying wasn't really Mm. you know a big thing um yeah, just playing shows and stuff like that definitely kind of kind of killed it a little bit. But it was nice that we were able to like release some music and do some music videos and do some live performance stuff and whatever we could to just kind of like be a band. Yeah. At the time. Um, but I'm just stoked that we're like out of the woods now. Yeah, I always, I always <laughs> find that you know in today's age and especially like it's like you said the pandemic just completely shifted this even more but i can't you know i i always put myself in the 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 shoes of the artist like yourself and i say okay i'm a musician i love making music i'm making this great music and then i've got to sell it to everybody via social media like right. to, to me that always just seems so annoying and pandering and i'm just like and if i were an artist i'd just be like no screw you i'm putting it out listen to it or you not but like the thing is is there's so many people out there that you do that it's just never going to be seen it's just you've you've got like no chance of it getting out there and so like it's this just double-edged sword that you just can't get away from that you're like all right i gotta gonna do this gonna we gotta put out some videos here we gotta say some things we gotta get people looking and like it's uh and i feel like i'm like the worst salesman sometimes (laughs) where i'm like 
I don't even want to go to my friends and be like, hey, do you want to buy a ticket to my show? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to. I just, just come. Just yeah. come. If you can come, cool. If you can't, whatever. But I've been working on this thing. I have a lot of fun doing it. I think you'll really like it. You know, I mean, that's, that's, uh, I, I, I used to have, uh, you know, I, I was, I was personal trainer, trainer for several years. And like, that was always the worst thing being a personal trainer that I just couldn't do. And like, I always had to find gyms where we weren't required to sell. We weren't re like, they gave us our clients because if I had to go out there and get clients, oh Jesus, no, I did not want to be <laughs> that guy that went up to people. Looks like you're having trouble doing that uh, exercise there. I can help you with that. Yeah, I, I know how to do it. Like, you look like you need help with your quads, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to be that dude. So like, it's and it's the same. Like, I I totally get it. Just like you know, and that, I I still do the same thing with my radio show. Like radio show people bring like. They'll be like, you have a radio show? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, why did you tell me about that? I'm like, because I hate <laughs> telling people, hey, listen to my show. Like, it's just, I don't want to yeah. be that guy. So, yeah. I And and that's the thing is, like you said, on on social media, that's, you're a little bit doing that in a way. Yeah. But yet, yet, yeah. you have to, and people expect it to a degree. And so, like. Right, right. And, it, yeah, I feel like, too, there was, like, a, a moment I mean, this could have been like old band members talking and stuff, but I feel like there was for a moment like this whole like, well, you don't want to oversaturate the internet with your stuff. Now it's like, just post the same video 20 different times and see if it gets a million views. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. just do it. It doesn't matter. And, and that's kind of realizing that now, that's been a really huge benefit, which has been cool. There, um, there definitely yeah. was that mindset at some point in time of like strategic you got to be yes. awesome at what yes. you put out there. And it's like, yeah. no, nah, not really. <laughs> like, you could be on the couch picking your belly button and you could just be playing one of your songs and that's cool. Well, and it's, <laughs> and it's so it's so weird as far as what like, and I, I've had this conversation, me and my, my co-host have it all the time as far as just like what your, your listeners will find interesting and what will bring in more listeners and you're just like you have no idea and like i've had some like very established older artists that did not grow up in this you know in this environment uh right. that are completely baffled by the whole situation like i had you know i had uh i had matchbox 20 on the show a couple months ago and uh, me and Kyle, their their uh, guitarist, are talking, and he's like, "Yeah, I like we have a whole crew that follows us, a whole video recording crew that they get all of these shots of us playing and amazing cuts and edits and everything, and the 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 video will get like ten views, and then <laughs> there'll be a view of Rob making eggs on the bus, and it will get ten million views of him." do it and, he, and we're like what why it's just eggs why are you watching it and i'm like yeah it doesn't you know it's you just don't know it's weird like, place man the internet's weird it's like you said <laughs> you throw that stuff out there and hopefully it just brings somebody into the music yeah well so that's, you, that's been the cool thing about it yeah so you've got get weird coming out matter of days and like we've been talking about this is this has been like six years at least sort of in the making there eight. yeah eight. i think the oldest song is about eight years old yeah so i'm guessing the excitement for you is 
is palpable. Uh, just, I mean, it's beyond excitement now. It's just like release. You know, <laughs> like we've had these for so long. Get them out. Because, and it was funny too, because you're asking about the pandemic. Like we spent 2020 kind of figuring out how we're going to navigate this thing. And then we saw that 2021, we're not out of the woods yet. All right, we got to do something. Yeah. Me and him, me and Nicholas just sat down and wrote a song a week for the whole year. Wow. So that was that. Yeah. <laughs> and we were we were fortunate enough to be able to do that, which has been awesome. And again, it's its own learning process. It was kind of like go back to school and bury again, bury your heads again. Yeah. So we just we did that, kept our heads low, and then 2022 we were able to play this music. But. Nice, nice. Well, now yeah. So we have. I'm just excited to get this out so we can get the next thing going and. Really are you are you a huge album guy? I mean, I mean, because obviously you've been releasing singles. Are you like, I'm obviously you're more excited about the album, but are you generally just in your sort of listening style and whatnot more of an album guy for your artist or no? Yeah, um, it really depends. Like I'm picky when it comes to artists, mm-hmm. so it's like. I mean, I have my core group of musicians that I'll listen to or bands that I'll listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they release a record, I'm like, cool, I'm going to listen to that start to finish yeah. 50 times in a row until I get all of it and understand everything. Gotcha. <laughs> but I also really enjoy just the song. Like, yeah. If you can make the song awesome, you know, like, I mean, especially like if I'm working on a song, I think that's just something that I've really liked about it. It's really what excites me the most is mm-hmm. just finishing a song and going ah that's nice you know like (laughs) the in the like the album thing as an artist can come later you know like because if you spend all this time writing all these songs and say you have like 50 songs well that's five records really Mm -hmm. but if you were to break it down and you want to choose your best ones your favorites or whatever or whatever themes you know work with each other and stuff like that you can really find a cool album out of that yeah yeah yeah, I think from a creative standpoint, it's really more kind of random, like shots in the dark just by creating. Mm. And then at a bullshit standpoint, it's kind of like, depends on who the artist is. If I get into somebody I'm like, ah, like Bob Sun or One Republic, yeah. I'm just, eh, <laughs> you know? But then there's like artists that I listen to on playlists, and I'm like, ah, okay, cool, let's jump through song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, now, uh, Woozy's the most recent single, uh, and. You know, like you've been saying, you've got this this library of songs. How did you choose Woozy as the this this most recent single? Um, I don't know if we did. <laughs> we were just told we should put out Woozy, and then we're like, okay, cool. <laughs> like that's been kind of like our our thing the whole time too. Is that like let's make songs that like it's a label or whoever suggests like let's put this out next. You know what I mean? Like let's. Okay. You're just songs were like, okay, that's fine. You're ready for whatever. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. Put it out. Yeah. Don't care. Just put it out. Like, and it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely one that we've been wanting to put out for a while. We hadn't put out a song in like a year year and a half or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. At that point. And it's, you know, we, it was supposed to be released last September. We had the music video filmed last year. We had everything done and ready to go, but there was just, you know, happened and then we had to wait and uh yeah we were just as soon as we were told hey you know what day do you want to put this out we were like oh, now july <laughs> yeah july 21st now february whatever now was when yeah. i got that question asked 
and then uh, yeah, so then we just said, well, let's give ourselves some time, so we have some time to promote, and mm-hmm. you know, things and get on our social media and stuff. So we were like, well, let's put out Woozy July. I think we were thinking July seventh at first, but mm-hmm. then we we're like, oh, there's some holds up on the video. I'm like, yeah. okay, whatever. July twenty first, whatever. <laughs> just put it out, man. Nice. And then uh, yeah, then we chose uh, September September first. Well, now you got the you got the album release party with the album. Of course, the yeah. uh, the concert. How how excited are you for that concert, dude? I'm really stoked. I haven't been to this venue. Well, the last time we played uh, in Seattle was weeks before the pandemic shut us all down. Mm-hmm. We played a beautiful headline show at the Crocodile, or not headline show. I'm sorry, sold out show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were opening for another band called The Classic Crime. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful sold-out show. We had a blast. It was super fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, they've moved that venue mm-hmm. to a new location, and they opened up two more venues in that location. So um, the room size is bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Crocodile room size is bigger than the uh, former one. Mm-hmm. And then they opened up another venue underneath it called Madame Lou's. It's mm-hmm. a little bit smaller. And then they have a comedy club called Hereafter or something mm-hmm. like that. So, I've heard nothing but awesome things about the aesthetic and the sound and the quality and just like the vibe overall. Love and it. I have some friends that work there too who really enjoy it. So nice. I'm, I'm very nice, very nice. Well, I'm uh, I'm sure you're going to agree with me on this one, but uh, we need you to to spread this album around enough so that you can tour here in Florida. That's what I'm saying, dude. I haven't been to Florida in so long, and I miss it. I miss the humidity. Yeah. I miss getting sweaty. Yeah. Just like walking outside. That's it. <laughs> you, we got all of that you can handle. We got that every <laughs> single day. So that's, uh, we need to get, we, we need to get weird across America. We need to get Absolutely. it out there. We're, we're in two corners of the country. We should just, we should just. meet. Exactly. Exactly. I'm right there with somewhere you. in Nebraska or something. Yeah, some one of those states, the the square ones, as people say, I think it's a derogatory term, a flyover state. We'll meet in one of those. We'll drive there no, instead of flying over. That's what we'll do. I, I, we would have to, yeah. <laughs> well, Austin, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for coming on the show. Dude, appreciate you for having me, man. For sure. Listeners, you can check out all things Pretty Awkward at their website, prettyawkwardband.com. You can follow them on all social media. Check out those videos. They're promoting it. You got to get in there. Pretty Awkward Band. Right now, let's get woozy with the help of Pretty Awkward right here on the Doc G Show. Quarter past five, watching that sunrise. Whiskey in my coffee and I know I shouldn't drive. Got hypnotized by the look in her eyes Swore that we'd be better, but we're bad at goodbyes Sipping with the swollen lip that she gave me Bruises on my neck, cause she playing me, playing me With the perfect storm, the worst kind It's been over for a long, long time But then we get a little woozy Try to fill the holes we leave Forgetting we're done but it's fun chasing after that young love, dumb love Just a little woozy Isn't it a shame that we get what we need? We shed a little blood, get a little buzz Chasing after that young love, dumb love She loves to fight, knows just what I like Got the scars to prove it, but I never cry 
could try, but you know my hands are tied. Four post bed, another wild night. Kissing with the swollen lip that she gave me. Bruises on my neck, cause she played me, played me with a perfect storm. The worst kind, been f***ed up for a long, long time. But then we get a little woozy. Try to fill the holes we leave, forgetting we're done. It's fun chasing after that young love, dumb love Just a little woozy Isn't it a shame how we get what we need? We shed a little blood, get a little buzz Chasing after that young love, dumb love Young love, dumb love, we're so high Losing every second so we stay up all night Young love, dumb love can't lie, she's my dirty habit even though it's not right We get a little woozy Try to fill the holes we leave Forgetting we're done But it's fun chasing after that young love, dumb love Just a little woozy Isn't it a shame how we get what we need We shed a little blood Get a little buzz chasing after that young love, dumb love Here on the Doc G Show, you just heard a pretty awkward, fantastic song, A Woozy, right here on the Doc G Show. Listeners, you need to go get their album. It is out now. Fantastic. You won't regret it. Just saying. Think about it. Do it. Schedule it down. Pencil it into your day. At some point in time, okay? Get Weird. It's been out uh, since the end of last week. You need to go check it out. Fantastic album. Uh, Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Uh, Mike, we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Yes. The Mike C Top 3. Woo! Mike, I feel like I did this... um, did this topic a little bit of a disservice. Um, Me too. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Uh, I didn't know how to approach it, too. It was, so you, uh, for the listeners that are unaware, the topic this week was the top three uh, technologies post-2000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, I, again, I could have, like, tried to go down memory lane and just been, like, just... What what could I have really used pre-2000? I did it more mm. of what do I think sort of changed the most things in the world. Mm, so okay. that's what I went off of. All right. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like I could have dug deeper into that one, too. But, uh, mm-hmm. 
regardless. That's what I went with. Just a heads up. So okay. the, I didn't. I I was completely lazy, listeners. I don't have any honorable mentions. I don't have any. Um, yeah, I have a few. Nail them uh, well, out. first, first of all, the first couple, Photoshop and CRISPR. I thought mm-hmm. those would be two really good technologies post 2000, but they were both invented in 87. Photoshop, 87. CRISPR, 87 is a little bit more believable. Yeah, but like they weren't used though. Yeah. Yeah. So and the the idea was there. So like that yeah. was uh, I'll I'll go ahead and give you a uh you know a a a for uh a foreshadowing of mine. Mm-hmm. There's one okay. on the list like that for mine that I was like, oh, yeah, okay. but they didn't actually do anything with it until after 2000. Mm. So I'll take okay. it. I'll take it. Um, okay, so I'll run through these super quick. Bitcoin, of course. Um, wireless charging. The Huawei phones in China, Those mm-hmm. you can charge your phone on top of another phone. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, Teslas, of course. Of course, electric cars have been around since the, since the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Bluetooth headphones. Mm. Bluetooth headphones. That's actually a post-2000 invention. Well, Bluetooth. AirPods. Yeah. Bluetooth, Just in yeah. general. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Because, you know, actually. you then, use a lot of for all kinds of different things. Yeah. Hmm. A little um, foreshadowing then, for mine. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then YouTube. I don't know if YouTube, uh, I don't actually know when that 2005. was. 2005. 2005. Not okay. on my list, but yes, 2005. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Uh, That's pretty, all I Pretty goofy video. First video was a uh, dude at a zoo looking at elephants. That was the very uh, first video. Yeah, I thought it was the dancing guy, but yeah, you're right. It was the zoo video. Uh, it's, it's pretty neat because they got long uh, trunks. And that's pretty <laughs> much what the video was. So, Not really uh, this is one small step for man sort of deal when they put that down. <laughs> uh, regardless, Mike, I'm going to start with my number three. Uh, and uh, my number three would be, uh, I guess, it's, it's, it's sort of like, which one came first? They all came out after this, but video uh, uh, conferencing, Skype, mm. Zoom technology, yeah. all of these things. Uh, I mean, you know how much that would have blown my mind in like if I was in elementary school and they'd be like, oh, we're going to call this guy up and he's going to be right in front of you on the screen. I'd be like, what? Are we in RoboCop right now? What just happened? <laughs> Like, that's crazy, right? But now it's just yeah. a normal... We're doing it. We're doing it right now, Mike. Yeah, we're... <laughs> like, exactly. It's, it's nuts. Like, that's... I w- it's pretty wild. Would have been crazy. I mean, just think about that. Just give yourself the the third grade you or the fourth grade you and say that and be like, you know, it was nuts to watch a video at that time on the computer. You're like, oh my God, that's a video. I remember I, uh, we got one desktop uh, when I was a kid. My family got a desktop, and it came with one of the little, like, demo CDs, and the demo CD had a Jimi Hendrix video on it of him playing at mm. Woodstock, and I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's a video on this computer. So, like, you know, to be able to actually talk to somebody in real time with real mm-hmm. video, that's bananas. That's yeah, it is it. wild. And it's it changed is. so many things. I mean, you know, how people work. Half the people don't go into work anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you can now have full-on conferences with hundreds of people in there. It's wild. 
The whole all mm-hmm. kinds of change things. You're number three, Mike. Yeah, uh, so fairly recent, but definitely ChatGPT. I mean, yeah. that's going to be a game changer for the uh it's the devil, everybody. Mike. Yeah, it it's is. the devil. <laughs> As a professor, I'm sure that uh, it's uh, not it's just a be professor in the whole world. It's the devil. Yeah. I, you know me, Mike. I'm against AI. It needs to be regulated heavily, heavily, yeah. and it is not being. And let me tell you, there with like 90 percent of the people that have been the torchbearers of AI being like, uh, by the way, uh, this is going to destroy society. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a bit frightening. A little bit. Now, <laughs> yeah, could, it uh, could could it be could it be good? Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I just don't think most humans have the capability of doing things good. No. That's the problem. And they've already shown that like these AI uh, chatbots are not good either. Like no. at Google, I think even like they had a chatbot specifically designed for a guy, and then the chatbot tried convincing this guy to leave his wife and well, uh, start a, a software technology they're, company. They're only they're only so good as the people that program them, Mike. Yeah. And we are faulty as humans, so you can't yeah. trust them. You have to put guardrails on them, and we have not. It's mm-hmm. frightening. Regardless, or we my- have more. We have more uh, ChatGPT or, or chatbot technologies that can compete with each other. So hopefully, we're there's not just one Terminator. There's multiple types of. Terminator. Well, that's the, the thing is, Mike. You got to keep. You got to keep the the best AI technology uh, creators on the regulation side. Mm-hmm. It's like anything. Those guys have to be the 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 regulators so they can keep the people that aren't as good at creating the stuff in a box, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you don't get crazy with it. Regardless, Mike, it is world-changing. Um yeah, it is. number 2, <laughs> Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Yeah, yes. I put Bluetooth and I mean again, Mike, you know how bad when I was a kid I would have wanted a pair of wireless headphones mm-hmm. to work out, like to play basketball and to just be able to listen to my tunes while I play basketball. Yeah, that wasn't possible. What was I gonna do? I could do it with a I could do it with a Walkman, but if it was mm-hmm. a CD Walkman, it'd just skip all over the place. If mm-hmm. it was a tape yeah. Walkman, it'd be bulky in your pants and it'd probably pull your <laughs> pants down. So, like, come on, man. Now uh, I can just put my phone over on, on a park bench and just play all the live long day. My mm-hmm. goodness. And, there, and like I said, there's so many other technologies. You can, you can connect Bluetooth to your, to your stereo in the car, and so you can answer messages while you're on the road. You can just do so many things yeah, with Bluetooth now that are available that were not available before. Amazing, mm-hmm. Mike. Amazing. No. You know, I used to think that Bluetooth was like kind of a sign that you were like, uh, not a lonely person, but the guys who always like, when I worked in restaurants, we'd have guys coming in with Bluetooth headsets. Those right. are always the guys that sat, to, sat alone. Well, they were pretty much always the salesman, you know? Yeah. That was always yeah, sure, the salesman yeah. go-to was the, was the one mm. Bluetooth ear piece of, talk mm. to me. What do we got? <laughs> Sal- sales in California? I'm there. Let's do it. Like, you know, th- those guys. Yeah. Anyways, um, Mike, you're number so, yeah. two. My number two, uh, kind of a random one. <laughs> Adidas Boost. <laughs> huh? I love Adidas Boost. Uh, it's a great, 
All right, I'm sorry. I ruined this. Uh, Listener, <laughs> l- listeners, I was looking at Mike very confused. You couldn't, obviously, you could not hear that, but I was very confused uh, by the yeah. shoe technology <laughs> that made it into the list. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a pretty random one, but hey, Adidas Boost. Just a big fan, fan huh? Yeah, I like it. It's, it's comfortable, you know? You can you don't need a, a footbed. To, you don't need an insole in your shoe. Um, I can... Cl- the thing... I think the thing that sells me on Adidas Boost is I climbed a mountain in Adidas Boost, and mm. it was far and away more comfortable than climbing it in, a, in mountain climbing shoes, like proper huh? like Timberlands and all that. So I'm just like, yeah, Adidas wins the shoe game <laughs> for right now. Doc G, okay. I know you would, you're d- going to disagree with me. Well, it's probably I'm not, not a top technology, but... <laughs> well, well, it's definitely not a top technology. I'll no, go ahead not. and say that. It's not world-changing. <laughs> and I'm, you know me, Mike. I'm a Nike guy. Uh, I, even even if it's not, I, I won't even <laughs> claim that Nike has the best, like, shoe technology. I'm just a slave to the, to the brand name. Just always have yeah. been. So, you know, yeah. They've got some good models. You'd, yeah. probably, you'd probably put some boost on, man. I'd be like, this feels awesome on my feet. But, you know, I'm a Nike dude. That's what... Yeah. Regardless of my, my, my number one, <laughs> yeah. Um, again, this is the one that that actually it was founded in 1998, but technically, like nobody knew of it until after 2000. Google. Okay, good one. Google yeah. came out 98. Uh, really didn't gain any popularity until 2001, um, and then it just skyrocketed and gained all the popularity mm-hmm. um but yeah they've they've they have completely changed the way people get information mm-hmm. one million percent now uh the old uh, ai could change that again but like for the last 20 years you literally google something it's mm-hmm. a verb i mean that's crazy think of all the the goofy search engines you had before that the the excite the yahoos the the ask Ask g's yeah yeah that's good yeah they just didn't i the the algorithm priority algorithm that google developed Mm -hmm. of of being able to find and you're not having to actually use like search words prioritizing those search words you could just type in a stupid question and it'd be like i got what you're saying here's what you're looking for Whereas you couldn't do that on any other search engine. It completely changed it. Completely changed yeah, it. Yeah, really did. And then they got so many other things that they're they're doing now. And I will say, they, they aren't, you know, they definitely are not saints, that's for sure. But at least they have a code of ethics they try to stick to. And they always try to do good for human society. That is their mantra, is to do good. Whereas Meta... And Apple and everything else is like, hey, let's up. How about that? Let's try mm-hmm. doing that. So, you know, I will say at least they try. They screw up a lot of times. But at least they're trying to be real beneficial. It's not always about <laughs> the bottom line of, of money, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, Google. That's my number one, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my number one is um, pretty obvious, the iPhone. Uh, yeah, Man, I thought yeah. about it. I thought about it, uh, and I was going to put it on there. And it, it, I mean, let's be honest. How many iPhones are there out there? I don't know. Uh, two billion, something yeah. ridiculous. 
Uh, it, it 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 was revolutionary in the idea of how he thought about. It. I remember you remember the first one, Mike, when it came out. Um, I don't remember like you know his presentation, but I definitely remember what it looks like or what well, it looked I, like. I yeah. remember, uh, you know, right before that, the rage was the razor, the Motorola razor. Mm-hmm. That was yep. the that was the phone that right before it, everybody had a razor, and they thought that because mm-hmm. com- before that, it was the little uh, T thing with the little where you flipped it the i can't remember Next the name S- side sidekick sidekick side oh yeah, yeah, yeah where you flip the phone and then you just did mm-hmm. your little typing number on it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh and then it went to the then it went to the razor and then everybody was like hey, did you hear about this apple phone and i was like stupid it's not gonna catch on it's dumb <laughs> and, and then it came out and i was like all right that's pretty uh, i guess that's uh, that's pretty cool and then yeah. by like the third one, I was like, "All right, well, that's definitely way better than any other phone that's out there." All right, and so uh, you know, and yeah, and now it's complete monopoly. And uh, I mean, like before that, there was no idea, there was no concept of touchscreen, there was no real concept of just big, uh, you know, movie screen on there. There, like, just all of these these special the iMessages. There's no concept yeah. of that. Like converging your tunes with with you know having iTunes on the phone, there was no concept of that. All of these things, and that was yeah. the crazy thing about uh, um, uh, uh, Steve Jobs was that he was like a true vision man in the fact mm-hmm. that he was not an engineer. He did not know how these things would happen, and a lot of times it wasn't even his vision. He would just see something from somebody else and be like. That's cool. We need to do that. And then he'd mm-hmm. go back and be like, hey, let's make a phone that looks like this. And his engineers would just be like, what? <laughs> How the f- are we going to do that? And he's like, ah, figure it out. Do it. And then he'd just come in every single day and be like, you guys figured that out yet? And they're like, we're working on it. He's like, need to do it faster. Come on, guys. Mm-hmm. We're going to make this phone. And that's literally what he drove. And I mean, I'm you know, no offense to uh, uh, old... Uh, uh, Tim Cook now, but uh, mm-hmm. he hasn't done any of those amazing things. No. Like, he is, he's, I mean, he's kept the ship going, and it's a giant, conglomerate, amazing, huge, massive company, but there's no wild, new, progressive things no. that they've made, and their no. their goggles were really goofy, and I don't think those are going to take off those VR goggle deals that are like... No way. Three thousand dollars or whatever they are. I don't know. Yeah, I, I heard they're pretty good, but I don't know. That's uh, the motion sickness for me. All that stuff. Yeah, that's why I don't know. Unless until the virtual reality can figure out how to fix that, solve that problem for me. You know, Here, I don't know. Here's a little Dramamine. Now get into <laughs> get into our goggles. Regardless, Mike, <laughs> that is our top three. Yeah. What uh, what's your uh, what's your choice for next Ooh, next week? Top. Three, um, how about top three fictional animals? Okay. Well, only one is coming to my mind right now, but I'm sure. <laughs> Same. Okay, I've got two. I've got two okay. in my, cool, I've got cool. three. Okay, I've got at least we three. Go. We can do it. We can awesome. do it. I mean, I'm sure I'll think of a whole bunch more, uh, but uh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. I like that one. That one's fictional cool, cool, animals. Cool, cool, cool. We all know, listeners know, 
we love animals on this show. We Why do. not we fictional do. animals, too? <laughs> uh, Mike, we've got two birthday suits left over. Um, so I don't think you're going to get all three this week. You okay. can't get two. Uh, I will be absolutely. Let's go ahead and knock the one out you're not going to get. Let's end on a positive. We'll get the one you know that you, <laughs> okay. you can't get first. Uh, so here, here's the uh, synopsis clue. All right. The guy who introduced atomic theory. Hmm. It wasn't Oppenheimer, was it? No. Nope. No. Uh, Way just, before Oppenheimer. Atomic theory. Um, yeah. Who's a small guy? Who's a guy who likes small stuff? Uh, I don't know, Dr. G. Who was it? John Dalton. Oh, John say Dalton. Dalton. Dalton, Dalton's theory. You ever hear of it? Dalton's theory. Born on September 6, 1766, Mike. Wow, man. Yeah, in Eaglesfield, England. 27, he was appointed teacher of mathematics and natural philosophy at Manchester Academy in Manchester. He started studying meteorology and then went on to colorblindness because he had colorblindness. Uh, hmm. Later, he started looking at the rules and laws that govern gases. In 1808, he became known for his atomic theory, which basically states elements are made up of extremely small particles made of atoms. Atoms of a given element are identical in size, mass, and other properties. They can't be subdivided. Atoms can be combined into chemical compounds. He came up with that in 1808, Mike. Now, granted, you know, it's a little bit back then, of course, you're, you're reading up on all of the other current people, and they've got sort of similar ideas, and then you make yeah. your ideas. But it's so wild. Like, mm -hmm. they had no way of getting anywhere close to that size, and they have to deduce it from all of these other things, of looking at these compounds like nitrogen gases, and then a liquid, and then and being like, oh, you do this and that. Like, it's so wild. Just, yeah, it is. man, the discovery. John Dalton, there we go. There we go. Happy birthday, John Dalton. Thank you for bringing more chemistry into our yes, lives. We so appreciate So many you. middle school and high schoolers hate you. Mm -hmm. um, Mike, this one, you've got. All right. Here's the clue. You might be a redneck comedian. Hmm. Larry the Cable Guy. No. Ah, oh, come on. Ah, oh, Jeff Foxworthy. My bad. Oh, there you go. Credit. There you go. No, I'm gonna. I I I counted it on John Wall. I'm not gonna take it off for this one. Jeff Foxworthy. Correct. Born on Thank September you. 6, 1964, in Atlanta, GA. Went to my brother's alma mater there, Georgia Tech, before working at IBM for several years. Mm, then at the I urging of. Yeah. At the urging of his co-workers, he went to Atlanta's Punchline Comedy Club and won the Great Southeastern Laugh-Off Competition. In 1993, he released You Might Be a Redneck album, which was three times platinum. Hmm. He was part of the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. He has six books that he has released. He also hosted and produced the game show Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? So there you go, Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, I honestly, uh, you know, I mean, there's a couple of the "you might be a redneck" uh, lines that do make me laugh, but mm -hmm. uh, even more than his, 
uh, David Spade making fun of him on Saturday Night Live as that, and he'd always just trail off where he did it. He he went on. He'd go on uh, the Weekend Update. You might be bleep, blah bleep blah. <laughs> just oh, it just oh man, it's one of my favorite David Spade skits on Saturday Night Live. It's so good. They they have him come out and do a whole because it'd always be something that wasn't about being a redneck. It was something else because mm-hmm. they had him doing uh, doing it about the Ebola virus. You <laughs> if you make people bleed out of your eyes and the nose, you might be the Ebola virus. Uh, So good, man. Jeff Foxworthy, though, turning 59. Mm. 59 for Jeff Foxworthy. There we go. So, Mike, you still managed to stay over 60%. Two for three this week. Nicely. Nicely done. Mike, we have a fantastic show next week. We have the one, the only, Greg Ari Hutchinson. One of those guys that I didn't ask if it was cool. I feel like he'd be cool if I called him Greg. I mean, he likes being called Hutch. So Mm. I called him Hutch, you know, for Hutchinson. Yeah, of course. I feel like Greg would be okay, too. Yeah, that's can shorten this, too, right? I didn't ask. Anyways, Hutch is going to be on the show, Mike. (laughs) Have you ever met that person that does not like their shortened name? That always throws Uh me off so much, Mike. Yeah. It throws me so uh, so so off. Like if I meet a Madeline, and I'm like and I'm like, can I call you Maddie? And they're like, I'd prefer Madeline. I'm like, what? Okay. How about Mad? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just like, what's wrong with you? Like, I mean, could uh, what would you think of me, Mike? If if you were like, if you if you came up and were like, hey Ben, I'm like, uh, I prefer Benjamin. No. Oh. Or like, oh. Benjamin. Yeah. Be weird. No, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't know. Some people. Which is funny. I find that so weird. And then I love Michael Jordan so much. And he doesn't like to be called Mike. So, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I don't know that he doesn't like to be called Mike, but he just goes by Michael so much, you know? You don't yeah. hear Mike that often, you know? I only know anyway. him by his just full name. <laughs> exactly. Michael, Mike, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yeah. That's, that's it. Regardless, Mike, I got sidetracked. I'm sorry. Uh, We have got a fantastic show with Hutch, Gregory Hutchinson, on the show. He's got his new album coming out. Da Bang is coming out. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to talk to him all the way. The magic of Zoom, Mike. I'm going to be talking to him all the way from Rome. Wow. Yeah, six hours. Six-hour time zone difference. He's going to be over there just loving the the Mediterranean life. Just mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to be over here not loving the Mediterranean <laughs> life because I'm in Florida. But regardless, we are going to have a great show, Mike. Until then, we need to wrap it up. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Ferticus, Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me, sir. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it do it out.